and welcome to this week's uh, Sideshow. I'm Jacques. I'm Joe. And we have, again with us, our really good friend, Biff. Uh, Biff, is, you know, is in town visiting, and we had him on the uh, podcast earlier this week, and now we want to do a special Sideshow where I get to uh, grill Biff about his favorite... Um, Interesting Japanese, uh, baby is it baby metal? Baby metal, baby metal, and everything with the Japanese soap culture from baby metal to um, Iron Chef to Godzilla to uh, Totoro to um, hopefully some Nintendo we'll, in there. We'll, we'll, we'll throw in, <laughs> we're throwing some gaming and Nintendo for things, but basically, every question we've ever wanted to ask uh, Japanese national about their culture, right down to the uh, the underwear vending machines. Oh, God. <laughs> Good God. Uh, First question, how many underwear vending machines do you own? <laughs> I can't say. Right. <laughs> go. Go. No, no, no. Are we going to start on the underwear yeah, vending no, machines? No, no, no. Jacques, oh, let, my lead God. the way. Let's start with... So, like, it, it's great. So, you know, when, when Biff and I road trip, 90% of the time it's listening to music and 90% of the time it's listening to my music because I'm a dick. But Biff has played and introduced a number of interesting uh, bands in, in, into my world, uh, Baby Metal being one of them. So I have to start off with the kind of the how music is in Japan. And there's a genre called J-pop, which is essentially like your uh, kind of like a bubblegum pop. Uh, and they, they often tend to be these manufactured kind of like menudo, like Spice you know, Girls, like all those manufactured type of bands. But they tend to be, you know, like younger. And so this baby metal actually is an offshoot of uh, one of these J-pop units uh, where they they picked out three girls. And at the time they started, I want to say they were like like two of them were like 13 and the oldest one was like 15. And so they put a three girl vocal unit in front of like kind of almost thrash metal backing and so and they call it baby metal and they sing about uh it's actually it's while the actual song titles are kind of super bubblegum like they're one of their biggest hits it's called gimme chocolate and, and but surprisingly at the back of it there's actually all of these social messages about like, Gimme Chocolate is really a song about, you know, body image and how essentially that body, you know, your body image is keeping you from enjoying, you know, chocolate. And so there's like these strangely weird meanings, you know, behind it, but it is all manufactured. But it's one of those deals where, you know, you gotta, so if you li- watch their video, so literally go to Baby Metal and you'll be aghast at a number of views that these videos have if you have not experienced them before, like, you know, millions. Now, who's your favorite baby metal member? Is it Suzuka? Is it Yui or Moa? <laughs> there is, so, yeah. So there's, uh, I, gosh, listen, I, you know, I, which, I, which I, of the thirteen-year-old girls do you right. find more attractive? You, you know, yeah. I don't, I don't have that, you know, Lolita complex, you know. Right. So I actually just enjoy the concept. It's actually, it's just incredible entertainment. I just thought it was great when I saw it, great when I heard it, and then when you go see live to experience these girls. Doing these choreographed moves, you know, with their little bubblegum vocals, with full-on thrash metal going on in the background. It's one of those things where you go. I took one of my friends the last time I saw them, and he said, okay, I I get it now. I'm a fan. And it's not like either one of us are like, you know, gaga over these young girls. It it has nothing to do with that. It's just this entertainment concept. It's like, 
it is just totally entertaining. Just to, so I can, you know, we can dab the flop sweat off your forehead. They're yep. all over 18. So they're fine now. Everybody's fine. I yeah, checked yeah. it out. Yeah, there's Sue Metal, there's Yui Metal, and, no, and Moa Metal. Right. And when they play in L.A., where are they playing? What size venue are they? Uh, they're, they're playing those kind of like these bigger clubs. So the first time I saw them was at the Fonda Theater, and that was kind of a showcase show. I think they were the only ones on. Uh, last time I saw them at the uh, Palladium. So it's that, you know, a couple thousand, I guess, is probably, right? And, and is, it, uh, is it expats? Is it local? Hosts? Oh, yeah. So there is, uh, you know, there is a whole subculture that my son refers to as weeaboos. But apparently these, there are these. Wait, wait, wait. Don't gloss over that. What is a weeaboo? No, no, no. Was, uh, these are apparently, I guess there is um, these groups of, you know, non-Japanese people who who are essentially Japanophiles. Like, they tend to be like. Largely into like anime culture, I think, but they tend to kind of go all things kind of Japanese pop culture kind of a thing. So, so I, literally the first time I went there, and in, I know it's really kind of obvious that I'm a metal guy, but I am. <laughs> and so I was at the show, and the one of the guys asked me, "Hey, what is the etiquette for a mosh pit?" And I'm like, "I don't know how to answer that question." <laughs> but wait, there is etiquette for well, a mosh pit. You know. It's it's funny. Uh, you know, as you say that, when I met Biff, he had the absolute, you know, Japanese metal down. Was was it was it was it touching your lower spine? You no, had, I mean it was about. I mean, you my, had gorgeous, gorgeous. Why, thank you, metal, I, and I mean it. It's like more than halfway down his back, straight jet black, just like you know, warrior looking, awesome, awesome hair. I had the mullet. Yep. Um, Absolutely. So, so how do you stay current on on J pop metal? <laughs> I I don't. But uh, <laughs> does Pandora have a J pop metal channel? iHeartRadio. Uh, you know, one of the funny complications of Japanese music is that I think that they are slow to embrace the streaming and the YouTube and everything else. So they actually are much more restrictive about having stuff out there that's unauthorized. I mean, they really take you know get stuff down. You put it up and they'll take it down. Yeah. So there's that, a lot of that going on. And the copyright laws work a little bit differently in Japan and and for a variety of reasons. So people actually still buy CDs. Uh, like, do you know what they have in Tokyo? Tower Records. Do they wow. really? They have Tower Records in Tokyo. That's a, that's, you know? it was, has Tower Records been a defunct sponsor? No. Oh, well, wait, have they? I think they have. Okay. 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 I know Sam Goody and stuff. Okay, yeah. before we get you know much deeper into like, you know, you're walking the line between asking asking questions about like, you know, the Japanese culture and me being racist. Um, where does the name Biff come from? I know it, but it's a great story. Well, you know, my freshman year in college, as soon as I get there, um, they decided that uh my real name, Fumihisa, is kind of uh a pain to pronounce so they decided you know what you need a, a a nickname that we could all pronounce so they offered to change uh fumihisa to fumigator <laughs> or they you know they said you know we could call you biff and you know i said well given the choice i guess you know i'll go with biff and i figured that you know if i go along with it this will kind of go away so i just kind of went along with this biff thing and it's just kind of stuck. I love how a bunch of white guys named you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like yeah. I like how that tradition has stuck with us for centuries. I, I, right, right. Ah, you're Indian. <laughs> right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Now, now, how many people do you know in your daily life? People, and I don't mean 
uh, a work associate who you've met once. How many people do you think, or the percentage of people who, who know what your real name is? Well, I mean, on a day-to-day basis, you know, I mean, my family knows. Take out me. your immediate family. Me yeah, and right, right. I mean, F and H. In terms, in, in terms. Oh yeah. Other than, other than, let's say, let's I, say, Scotty Black, Tommy. I don't. And th- I don't even think Scotty Black or Tom would be able to name my real name. I'm gonna say that if it's like, say, my regular social circles, I'm gonna say, let's say, about eight percent. And, and and I bet you his laptop password is his real name. So like, no, <laughs> nobody knows it. No, what the hell? Know. And what about uh, in, in your first? Was it your first week or within your first month of college? Didn't you do a talent show? That was uh, that was a, like week three, I want to say. Yeah. Could you describe that? Oh god! And, and please, and send the picture so we can post it. No, it it, it was this uh, one of these stupid dormitory uh, traditions that we had. And so there was this thing that, uh, uh, you know, we we had our dorm room uh, house div- divided into these uh, sections that we called alleys. And each alley, the first thing that they had to do was put on a show to impress the uh, the judge. There was this one judge. And so uh, we did um, basically a talent show where we did the Partridge family and I was Keith Partridge. <laughs> nice. No, sexy. <laughs> so he knows what it, it, it is oh, none of the it. above. I think I love Biff. So in Los Angeles, like of all the way you've traveled, I I mentioned it on the podcast this week. It is funny how much – I don't know if funny is the right word, but how much Japanese culture is in and around the LA area? Um, It's a kind of a tricky question, right? Because I think it's – a lot of it has kind of started to blend in. So certainly anime culture is huge and not just in terms of people watching, but there are literally like – I've seen these art – showings that are anime themed so and there's obviously uh kind of going to the uh you know one of our favorite subjects you know pacific rim i mean uh you know a couple couple, couple of years ago i went to guillermo del toro uh, exhibit uh and you, you know there that thing was chock full of uh uh, Pacific Rim paraphernalia, which has its roots in uh, Japanese, you know, kaiju, what they call kaiju movies. So, so absolutely. I mean, I think it's you know, LA being LA, they have a lot of these you know quirky things that come out. So, I think there is a lot that's kind of out there, and it tends to be kind of out, kind of um, just blended among a lot of you know other okay. things. So, so J-Pop does a tour of the U.S. Where where do they tour? Where would their fan base outside of LA be? Well. Uh, there are a couple of bands that have toured the U.S., uh, but uh, outside of baby metal. But I think there is a kind of a between Japan and South Korea and Taiwan, Hong Kong, and all those you know Asian countries. They're kind of crossing over back and forth now. So you, it, I think it really started off with J-pop, but now Korean pop, K-pop, it, which has also started to infiltrate uh, the U.S., but it has a very strong presence in Japan also. So like. Between Japan and South Korea, a lot of these acts go back and forth. A lot of these Japanese artists do perform perform quite a bit throughout Asia and even to some extent in Europe. And and who who sang the Teen Titans theme? So in in the U.S., uh, the the duo was called Puffy Amiyumi. Oh yeah. But in Japan, they were actually called Puffy. But I don't know. Apparently, there's some other American artists that they, people might confuse them, <laughs> right. them with. There's, is there another Puffy that does music? I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever. Oh, that's that is. And so I think that's why they had to. But in Japan, they are known as Puffy. Yeah. So so now that you've already brought up Pacific Rim, I remember that 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 by the way, it's in my top 
I have a lot of 10 in my top 10. I have about 30 movies in my top 10. But that's a movie that for about two or three years after the Blu-ray came out, it just stayed in the player in the background. I would play that over and over. And, the, and I remember you yeah. saying it paid such homage to the the you know traditional kaiju movies. Absolutely, yeah. I, uh, and I think so in that sense, of the Western movies that I f- truly felt got – kind of the Japanese movie culture. I mean, that was one of them, Kill Bill Part 1 being the other. And it's funny, the, you know, my favorite, favorite, absolute favorite scene, like not even close second place in that scene is in the middle of the movie. And I'm sorry for all of you for whom I'm spoiling this fine film because you should go and see it. Seven years ago. <laughs> Seven years ago. But there is a point where the, you know, the Jaeger, you know, that um, uh, Charlie Hannum's uh, character is in is essentially kind of under threat. And it's, it's, they're at that point of, oh, my God, I have nothing left. And then, you know, the woman takes over and said, no, I have, I have one more thing and turns her, one of her, you know, arms into a sword and slices the monster. And that's like, that is so awesome. I mean, that is somebody who gets it. I, I remember, I remember you you geeking out about that, and it's it is. It's one of those things where it's like this Voltron. It was so classic, yeah. so traditional. The best thing is they had never mentioned it before then, and then all of a sudden, yeah. like, here's this sword. Yeah. Uh, Are you guys psyched for the uh, sequel? Oh I, my god! I don't know because you know the boys. We always wondered why there wasn't an an Incredibles sequel. Now there is, and I'm like, well, some movies I don't want a sequel to. Like, I'm so happy that like they never did a sequel to, uh, like Slapshot, and they just left it alone. Don't say a goddamn word. <laughs> there was never a sequel to Slapshot. Fake <laughs> movies. But, but Baldwin, Baldwin. <laughs> but the uh, but seriously, it's like I, I, I'm torn because. I, I, I didn't know that the genre of music uh, movies was called kaiju movies, but I remember describing it, and I'm like, you know, when Pacific Rim came out, I'm like, um, okay, imagine Godzilla fighting a Transformer. That's what it was, but it was awesome and it was funny, you know. But now it's it's one of those. It, it wrapped up nicely, and it's like, I, yeah, I do agree. But you know, part of it is is that I God, I love, I just love the movie, and. You, and I would love to see more of it. I mean, if it's good, good. Yeah. If it's on the same thing, but it's, if like, would Power Rangers be a kaiju kind of style ish? It's, it's, so Power Rangers, yeah, the Power Rangers, it's it's kind of its own animal. But I, I, um, and it's interesting because the traditional kaiju movies uh, actually involved um, uh, somebody in a suit. Yeah. All oh, right. Yeah, yeah, somebody in a rubber suit. Right, that was kind of the key to it, right? Yeah, like a Godzilla. Right, right. Right. Uh, And I've asked Biff before, and I'll I'll ask him now on the podcast. When you see the old Godzilla movies, what's with the white gloves? The military always had, like, white gloves on in all those movies. Yeah, you should should go to Japan. The police wear white gloves, too. Do they? Is that – oh, the – my Taxi drivers wear white gloves. My favorite thing with with Japanese culture that I – one day I, w- I saw some video online and I was describing it. And Biff is like, oh, yeah, they're called pushers. I'm like, wait, that that's a thing? Mm-hmm. In the subway. Oh, right. Yeah, right. The, when they cram people into the subway cars. I, and it all, it all comes down to also, like, it's important that the subways or all the rail system keep their, you know, scheduled time. Yeah. But it, it's great. I mean, I remember these, these guys and they look yeah. like they were in military outfits. The train comes. The doors open. They turn their back to the train. They lock arms at the elbow, and they just walk backwards. Just truly 
pushing people into the subway. Yeah, it was pro- if you saw it, it the probably my guess is that the train may have been green in color because I, there is a one of the main well the main uh, train uh, line in Tokyo does this loop basically around Tokyo and basically hits just about all of the biggest uh, connection uh, stations. So essentially, you have this big circle. It's a lifeline line. to like all the other yeah, connections. So, you gotta yeah. keep that on track. So that thing is like really the busiest. Yeah. What year? If you don't want to say what year it was, when you left Japan, had gaming become a thing yet, or did that? No, no, you no. You were no. out of there. Long oh, yeah, yeah, then. yeah. I mean, because it's way before technology, so it's we you know early seventies. So that was okay. Predates all of that. Yeah. And and how often do you go back? I kind of irregular, but you know I do like to go back, like every three years or so. So I'm targeting uh, 2019. And how uh, how Americanized is like? It, it, like uh, most people know how big baseball is there, right? Right. But one of the disappointing things for me, and I truly mean this. The first time we went to Doha, Qatar for a visit before we moved there, from the airport to where we were staying, it was no different driving any U.S. city because every corner had a McDonald's. You know, the funny thing is, you know, management lived in L.A. for 10 years, and the year we moved to Qatar was the first time they opened a Dunkin' Donuts there, which she (laughs) loved. But yet in Qatar, Dunkin' Donuts and Krispy Kreme um, I'm sorry, Tim Hortons. There's, there's, they also have Krispy Kremes, but Tim Hortons is there and Dunkin' Donuts is there. But there are more KFC, Taco Bell, all right. of that stuff. Yeah, uh, so so the um, the American chains do have a presence there, but it's 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 very different. And the way the Japanese lay out their land is it, so there's never a feel like I oh this is just like anywhere in the U.S. With a possible exception of maybe I mean. Some people might find some similarities to New York, maybe New York and Tokyo, maybe, but you know, without that urine smell. Yeah. <laughs> and how's the signage? Is it as breathtaking when, like, like in the movies, like they make it look like it's a city of neon? Well, so Tokyo is right. So, but like many uh, places, like Tokyo is Tokyo, just like you know, Times if, Square is Times Square. Yeah, Times Square is Times Square. Las Vegas is Las Vegas, and then there's everywhere else. So. Yeah, Tokyo is its own animal, and many of the you know the bigger cities, you know the the heart of the city might have that. But all in all, like you know, you have your neighborhoods, and the neighborhoods are peaceful and quiet. Did you grow up near Tokyo? Or? I, I I live I did grow up in Tokyo, but, in Tokyo. but it, it is kind of like you know they have these more residential areas of Tokyo. So yeah. yeah. And and you have a brother there who's a big baseball guy. That's correct. Who's hold on his. Daughter's name is McGuire. Well, the middle name, right? The middle game right. is McGuire. Because the this was back, you know, when, when Lizzie McGuire. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Because he, he wanted a baseball name and he ended up having a daughter. Well, uh, well, not just that, but uh the daughter was born on the day that Mark McGuire broke the season home run record. Uh, I think. Yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. Hmm. So I actually know when that happened because <laughs> Does she have an asterisk next to her name, too? uh, Now, uh, how big is baseball there? Uh, Huge. Yeah, I mean... Is it the biggest sport? Or we were talking on the podcast this week, you're saying Trump isn't the headline news. (laughs) Sumo is right. Uh, I would like to say that baseball has overtaken sumo, and I think it has for a while. And and part of the reason is, and part of it is somewhat almost kind of um, xenophobic in nature in in a way, but I think... 
in the last however 25 years, there's been a strong emergence of foreign-born sumo wrestlers in Japan. So if a sumo wrestler comes from wherever, are they... Yeah, I mean, so there's, you know, just like anything, I think. And I'm not that tuned into sumo, but I think there's definitely this... And I think there's an overall worry that the sport is essentially losing its fan base. And it, it has been kind of for a long time, even though it it, it is... You know, a prime thing, so it does get covered. Would you but. say like sumo in Japan is kind of like traditional boxing in America, where like the UFC and MMA fighting is overtaking the popularity in America for boxing? But is traditionalists there, still yeah, love it. Yeah. yeah, I mean, maybe yeah, there there might be some parallels there. You know, the thing with sumo is is that it's kind of a, even though it's kind of a combat sport, it has a a very regular schedule in terms of they have essentially scheduled regular tournaments that occur certain times of the year but basically like once a season essentially Mm -hmm. and so unlike boxing where so like whatever mayweather had his last fight you don't know when he's gonna fight next or when the next big bout right so actually in in sumo they actually have tournaments so you know all of the sumo wrestlers are going to be in a tournament they know three months from now all of these guys are going to be back so it's the circuit is similar to almost like you know the the like grand sl- yeah the grand slams I was yeah. gonna say yeah in, in, in attendance in, I mean how many people are going to see it? are they at a ten thousand seat venue the twenty thousand yeah I think, yeah, I think it's roughly an arena kind of a you know I thought that they did it at Budokan yeah. <laughs> and K one that used to be a big thing but kickboxing has phased out because I remember it's like that was a big thing where K one used there was a big fight I forget like there was an American boxer who went over this is in the eighties and fought at like the Tokyo Dome. Yeah, certainly. And so I think, you know, baseball has had sustained following, but recently basketball has become increasingly popular and certainly soccer has had a a pretty good following for a long time. And the way sports works in Japan is fundamentally a little bit different from the standpoint of baseball is like the only real and, you know, sumo wrestling, but baseball is the only one that has like kind of a real true professional Thing there, I mean, there they are. There are these other leagues, but it's it doesn't have the same. I think the Japanese baseball league is similar in concept to the American Major League Baseball in terms of you know you have these teams and the way that they assemble the teams and the drafts and all that stuff, right? But they actually have a second tier of sports with you know where they literally have people who are employees of companies representing their companies playing these sports, right. and ice hockey is done that way. Oh, interesting. And, yeah. and, uh, so I. When the last time you've been there, uh, does ice hockey catch on? Does it play in front of a thousand people, five thousand people? Uh, it's, yeah, it's not a it's not a huge crowd, but uh, so it's probably you know a couple thousand would be my guess. You know, it's been a while since I've been to a Japanese hockey game. And you know? le- give give the level. Are we talking college division one, oh. <laughs> junior B? Yeah, I mean, I mean, I think it's like uh, at at best, kind of a like a lower division college. Like you know, I don't think they even have Div three NCAA's anymore. But if they did, maybe it's a to, close to there. And it, it, is it like one of? Is it like with baseball? And I don't know if baseball has changed, but I remember like you know, Japanese baseball team could only have two non Japanese. Right. I, yeah, I don't remember what the. I don't. I think the rules might be, but there is definitely a limit, and that's actually across the board that I know of. With sumo, I don't know, but with just about any of the team sports, these. Uh, these company-sponsored team sports, there is kind of a limit to how many. It's not so much foreign-born because I think that if you have Japanese heritage, then you count as Japanese. No, because I remember this was back 
84, yeah. 85, because my last name, people thought, yeah. you know, I was French. And they were like, yeah. oh, you should be able to, like, like honestly, I actually had a, somebody come to talk to me about uh, playing for the French Olympic hockey team <laughs> because they thought of my name and like, no, my name's Sean. You know, it's like I'm not. There's no French in me at all. I mean, I'm not French by nature, but I am rude. Oh. <laughs> any other? Uh, so let's move off of sports. And we'll, is, are there any other um, topics of interest that you want to speak to Biff about? Actually, I'm thinking about. You know, again, on on the racist scale of zero to Jacques, if I ask you to re-record this entire podcast and have a fake accent, is that a good thing? Is that a, you know? Mean, you know the funny <laughs> irony of it is, you could ask all you want, and I don't care because I I do a freaking lousy Japanese accent because I've been living here for so long. Well, well, a couple weeks ago he tried to do a Portuguese no, accent. Could, yeah, like, you can't oh, do whatever. it. Whatever. No, I don't know what that is. And then I could do a better Japanese accent than a Portuguese. <laughs> No, you know, I was talking about this with my wife, you know, who's a daughter of a green immigrant. And when we were talking like politics the other day, I'm like, is it, is it, am I such a liberal snowflake? Because I have friends. Truly, I'm sitting in a room with you from Japan, son of a, of a Portuguese immigrant. My wife's the daughter. And it's like, and I love, the, the reason I love being here talking about this stuff is I actively want to hear more about things. I want to see things. But I also don't want, it's like, Okay, um, you you only know this part of the culture. You only know this part. I actually like people coming in and talking. At the same time, I do like to say awful things because I remember the two times, like, because our friend Scotty Black's wife is is from Japan, and and I, Scotty doesn't deal with things as well as you do. And I remember one time, I'm like, Scotty, what's a Japanese word for bukaki? And he just, <laughs> and, he just and, and, and then. But you know, um, do we want to talk about Japanese porn? Yeah, why don't we? Yeah, okay. Now that you're here, <laughs> why do they blur it out? It's illegal. It's illegal to show penetration or genitalia in Japanese porn, right? It's illegal. Yeah, there there are these. Um, I you know I don't remember. All I know is that you know there there are these restrictions on um, you know showing you know genitalia and you know whatnot and i don't really know why it's so the weird irony of it is is that if you watch japanese tv after like 10 p.m you're allowed to show like breasts and the rear end but at no time are you allowed to show you know genitalia i except i think there is some kind of um an exception if it if there's some kind of an artistic thing to it because Mm -hmm. there is a uh, there's a famous Japanese movie called uh, I think in the, in the U.S. it's called A Realm of the Senses, okay. which is which uh, and I haven't seen it before, but I've been told that it actually has like graphic you know you know sex scenes. Huh. So you know so it was a big deal, but I thought for some reason that was somehow allowed. But yeah, you know I actually don't really know that much about the sense. And what's lot. with uh, hentai and um, and and what's with octopuses? Yeah, and tentacles. Yeah. What, is with octopus? what is with the tentacles and the? Ent- what, what's the most bizarre <laughs> food that, that like? No, I'm talking oh, about no. in Japanese animated hentai. Porn. Hentai, oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, hentai you know is, what? Oh, I, I'm sorry. I I was speaking a word that you didn't understand. Hentai is Japanese animated pornography. Well, hentai literally is kind of um, it, it kind of roughly translates to pervert kind of a thing. But, right. But like the, like, the other. So there's a. I guess there's a. Um, uh, <laughs> A genre of anime called hentai, which is essentially, you know, these, basically, they're like, 
I, you know, well, I, I guess bottom line is I don't know much about it because I just never understood the appeal of why would you want to watch... Can you know, we get another Japanese guy in here to explain <laughs> to me why they are so obsessed you know, with tentacles listen, and listen. hentai? I mean, it's like, it's like I, I heard about these guys obsessed with Jessica Rabbit. I'm thinking, it's a cartoon. Right. It's like, you know, why would you want to watch... You know, I, hey, it, I grew up... I was 10 years old when I saw Who Framed Roger Rabbit. I get why people are obsessed. You locked your virginity. Right. Jessica Rabbit, <laughs> but I, I mean... You know, so like, you okay, know, so it's not your thing. It's not my bag, maybe. <laughs> yeah, you know, because I'm not a big. Generally, I'm not a big. You know, like core anime guy. There's all these core anime classic things that I can tell you nothing about. So you don't know anything about waifus. <laughs> you know what a, what a waifu is? I don't even know what that is. Yeah. A wife. <laughs> yeah, it's not like a type of Wi-Fi. Right. A waifu is a pillow, a human-sized pillow, with the picture of a woman on it that men. Is particularly in Japan, will you know use as their mate, and they call it their waifu, which is like uh, what their, their, their wife. wife. Oh. Yeah. So I'm Jacques looking at me <laughs> like I just landed from Mars. Yeah, no, I'm like, hey, that doesn't sound awful. <laughs> <laughs> but they, it's weird. I, I, you I want me to bring up. you on back next time I go to Japan. Could, could, could you please? I have that'll go over will, really well with the management. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, okay, so you don't know anything about waifus. You don't know anything about hentai. Well, I guess I'm editing out this entire segment, no, no, no. and now we're going to talk about leaving this. Uh, what 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 would you say? <laughs> I mean, is is the most like when I was in guitar during the primary, and people over there couldn't stop asking me, "Can Trump really be president?" People really didn't know if it was a joke, didn't know if it was legal, and, and couldn't. What is like the the worst thing that when subculture weird thing that somebody comes up and asks you to somehow justify? Is it the underwear vending machine? Is that close? Yeah, that, you know, but thank God they kind of put a clamp on that one. Have, have you ever well, really sales seen were one in, per- <laughs> in person? <laughs> I have seen one in person, absolutely, yeah. So, they, so it's not myth. that That's a real thing. Yeah, so, and, and this was back in the 90s. Where I saw it was in this area called Ueno, which is a kind of a strange area, or at the time it was. It's been a while since I've been to that neighborhood, but there's a huge park there, and within the park grounds, is is a zoo uh, in a, in a very high end zoo. I mean, they got giant pandas, so it's a kind of that high end zoo. And one of the one of the most amazing uh, art museums that I've been to in Tokyo. So it's all kind of there. And then on the outskirts of it is some of these like, uh, essentially there nearby there is um, uh, uh, this market area that has these bargain whatever. And I kind of got lost and went into this really seedy area. And they had these, you know, vending machines that are that have alleged wow. used underwear. Wow. Um, What's great about the vending machines is that you can't return no, the, the no, items. There you go. Like, this isn't used. This, this is fresh underwear. This. I was ripped off. You know? well, and, and the thing is, the thing that kind of uh, set me aback more than anything else is, is that, like, this vending machine was not ne- maybe necessarily, you know, a super busy intersection or anything else. But, I mean, essentially, it's kind of, like, out in the street. And I'm thinking, like, does somebody go up and put money in it? Because as soon as you put money in it, there's, like, yeah, there's the creep buying these. Right. <laughs> right? I and mean, what happens if, like, do we get the phenomenon of, like, you know, you push B12 and then it starts to push out the fr- the underwear and then it gets stuck? Suck. Yeah. Do you oh write, do you leave a note for the vending machine company? I put in 1,000 yen for some good fresh underwear. 10,000 yen the or whatever. The best thing is, like, how many people a year... 
you know, have been crushed to death, like trying to get candy out of it by sticking your arm up there. I mean, if, if you have a family member who meets their <laughs> demise because they were trying to get underwear, do you just disavow? Do you just not like show up? And the funny thing you're saying about like when you they're out in public and you buy it. I remember when we were like kids, like the first time you like buy condoms or you buy like, you know, a penthouse. Or I would anyways. You drive like three towns away. You buy. You find the nearest like woods to go into to read. But but you would. Yeah, you would drive like a couple towns away of like, you know, your high school buying condoms and you would buy like 10 other things. Hopefully the clerk wouldn't notice them coming through and stuff. But I, I didn't know that, you know, how. How, How prevalent, yeah. yeah, exactly. If they were, you had to go inside, like they were inside strip clubs or stuff like that. But oh, apparently, right out there on the street, you know, Japanese. Well, not anymore. What I know about Japanese men is that they have no shame. <laughs> <laughs> so, what else is on your list? Uh, I don't know if it's on the list, but one of my one of my favorite stories with Biff, and this is going like back a decade. I'm I'm playing against him one Friday night. I roof a puck, like hit the water ball, and I scream at him, scream at him. That's for Pearl Harbor. And it might have been a week or two later, I get a one-time pass, and I don't do that well, and I just cranked it. I, it was probably the best shot ever. And he comes out with a glove, and he screams, that's for Hiroshima. <laughs> and, like, and, and it was. It was two or three weeks later. And everybody, because you're on different teams this week, just start like bursting out. Oh. And it, it was. It was another one of those things where it's like, oh, you, you, you aren't good people. <laughs> you, you're, you're not a very good person. <laughs> <laughs> finally, <laughs> finally tonight, Hiroshima. But uh, Biff, seriously, I'm so glad that, that you're here. Uh, any any F and H shout outs you want to make, or do you have any questions about you know racist white guys? Yeah, that yeah. You, have? <laughs> you got any round eye questions you wanna you, know, you wanna you know? Uh, I'm getting a, a, a real good education on that from the news side, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. But no, I seriously again, uh, any F and H stories or shout outs? No, you you don't you don't want to say hi to Mike Britton. Do you, do you think he's listening? <laughs> I don't know if in prison they're allowed to get podcasts. So uh, Mike Britton's a, a guy who's like the weirdest guy we met. Huge guy did a few. Uh, you know, and this somebody. goes back to hyperbole. Not the weirdest guy he met. Right? No. No. Right. He's in the he's he's in the you know the top fifty of the his top ten. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. No. But come on. <laughs> I, I think he, I think he's the only convicted murderer that I've skated with. That might be factual. You know. Wow. Uh, you know. Hey, well, wait. I think I think not convicted. I mean, it's you know what is it? A manslaughter. So. Oh. Yeah. So manslaughter. Yeah. <laughs> only three years. Hey, but you know. Um, Semantics here. But seriously, Biff, thank you so much for doing it. Thank you, Biff. I hope you actually can get this thing out because, oh my God! <laughs> oh no, 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 we we de- we definitely will. And uh, beef beef up on the uh, the hentai. I mean, really, you know, when, when we yeah, have you back that, next that time, that research is going to go really over real well. Oh my God! Isn't there some sort of dark web app that you can just install <laughs> on your dark web app? <laughs> yeah. Nobody will know that you're God. looking at. Um, do you, would you like to throw out your Twitter handle if you want people to follow no. you? No. Uh, I don't want anybody to know that I'm part of this. All right. Well, you follow us on Twitter, so hint, yeah. hint. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So we have five followers, Scroll three of all us. all the bips <laughs> and see if you can figure out which and one is this. On page, I don't know, one. Right. <laughs> you'll, you'll find it. Yeah. Uh, Joe, last request or last things? Um, thank you for Nintendo and thank you for <laughs> PlayStation. And uh, 
I don't know. So if we're going to give him credit for everything, thank you for Kaiju Movies. And uh, do not forget... Subura, she, chin, chin, mono, kintama,